Hi everyone, I'm Helen Frank. Um, I am a Ness Health uh, practitioner and wellness therapist and I am super, super excited to bring onto a call today um, the gorgeous Valerie White, um, who we have actually known each other, Valerie, for nearly five years now. I know how, how time has passed. Um, and Valerie, I wanted to bring Valerie onto the call because she's got such a depth of knowledge and experience um, that I think it's really important that a lot of the stuff that she's gone through herself, that she's able to share that with other people. And, you know, we actually met because of the, the Nest Health Wellness System when Valerie um, came onto one of our training courses. And so I'm going to pass over to Valerie now to introduce herself and, and share some of her, her story and her experiences um, with everyone. So Valerie, over to you. Good morning. Thank you, Helen. What a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you. Uh, yeah, five years since I joined the Ness Health family. And I have absolutely zero regrets on that score. Ness Health have been so, so supportive. Um, that there's just so much that is offered by this system. Um, and perhaps I should just go back and explain how I actually came to Ness. Um, and how far shall we go back? I'd like to, you know, I, I, your passion for wanting to help people, I know it started at a very early age, didn't it? It did, yes. So I actually, you know, I think it'd be, it'd be really lovely that you share that with everybody. Okay. In my early days, when I was very young, um, there was a lot of stress and strife within our family. So much going on. Um, my mum had remarried and I had three younger stepsisters. Um, and life was hard. Um, my stepfather wasn't the most loving person. Um, money was really tight. He was a very stressed out man. Um, and because of that, shall I say, no, when I started school, it was discovered that I had hearing problems. So my hearing problems were really quite bad and nobody knew because I was so introverted and people just thought I was quiet, but added into the equation, all of the stress that was going on within the family atmosphere I was just so withdrawn um, and when it was discovered that I had hearing problems I was admitted to hospital on several occasions and had several surgeries to my ears now normally children they don't like going into hospital it's a scary place and they're going to hurt you and it's all going to be awful but that wasn't so for me to me hospital was a real sanctuary because the nurses there were so loving so caring so I could tolerate the pain because I knew there was going to be someone there to give me a big hug and to just get me through this it was just such a nice place to be so that was very different to everybody else that I've ever heard you know we spent mention hospital to anybody and they want to run a mile I want to run towards the hospital so throughout my whole life I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to give people that experience, that love, that, that care, 
that understanding was just in me. So going through my life, um, I didn't enjoy school. We're going back to the 60s and 70s now where school was not as it is now. The teachers were really strict. And Valerie always sat at the back of the class because I feared teachers. It was, it was just not a good environment for me. So all through my school life, I didn't thrive at all. I would daydream because I was just thinking, get through this, get older and just go and be a objective in life was to be a nurse so when it came to school leaving of course I didn't have any qualifications and I had this deafness problem so speaking to the careers advisor at the end of my school years careers advisor well what do you want to do then Valerie and I knew exactly what I was going to do there was just no doubt I said yeah I'm going to be a nurse and the careers advisor kind of stopped and thought Mm -mm. now we have a problem I don't think that's going to be possible for you Valerie because you don't have the qualifications and you have a hearing problem what qualifications to love somebody and care and and understand them nobody told me I needed qualifications although I didn't say that I really thought it and now you recognize that I've got a hearing problem when you just let me sit at the back of the class all my life Nobody's taken any notice, even though my mum had been down several times to my utter embarrassment to say I need to be sat at the front of the class. I didn't want to sit there. I didn't want to hear teachers. I didn't want to learn. Anyway, that was my early days. So I was guided into office work, which little did I know at that point was going to stand me in good stead later down the line. Um, I didn't hate office work, but I didn't love it. It wasn't where my passion was. I learned a lot. Um, and ultimately, I was taught to use the switchboard, which gave me vocabulary skills, because up until that point, I'd been so quiet and withdrawn and introverted in my life, hadn't spoken too much. But now here I was answering telephone calls with a headset that was speaking directly into my ear, and there was no distraction. So I was able to understand how to communicate. Good skill. And I learned how to type and do office work, do some filing, systems, and it was all good working practice. But that desire to still be a nurse remained. And I applied for nursing without the qualifications, was turned down flat. Okay. Let's go back and get some qualifications. So I then invested in having a hearing aid. I investigated that channel and it was a bit traumatic hearing the world in a different way. And one of the biggest moments of my life was when I had this hearing aid in and I was struggling to realize that the world was so loud and so noisy and I could now hear the clock ticking. I could hear everything and it was distracting. My brain hadn't accepted it yet. But the first time you go to the loo and it's like Niagara Falls. You hear? <laughs> <My word. laughs> yeah. So, you know, my journey, it's really quite funny at times. Yeah. Anyway, um, I've now learned to just tone that down a bit. And it's not Niagara Falls now when I go to the loo, I can go to the loo ordinary. Anyway, um, 
I had to give up my job and go back to full-time schooling for a year. Um, and that was a fight as well, because there weren't very many courses that would just take me on. I didn't have a, a goal, you know, I wasn't learning to be a nurse. I just wanted some qualifications. Yeah. The course that I chose to do, it was just something, um, home management, family care kind of thing. But I could then go on and do, take some, which were O levels at that point. Um, so, yeah, I enrolled into that course and I would get funding. But then there was a problem because the funding was only for a year and the course was two years. So um, I had a fight between the, the college offering the course and the, um, the grant people. And the college decided to tailor that course specifically for me and make sure that I got the qualifications that I needed. They understood where I was going. What I wanted to do was to apply for nursing. I needed three O-levels for that. So they would put the O-levels into the course, but I had to do it in one year. So it was this wow. two-day course that was condensed into one year, added in the three O-levels that I needed. And I was so, so passionate about this drive to become a nurse. Yeah. nothing and being introverted and hardly able to speak. I did that course in one year, passed with flying colours and got student of the year award. Amazing. Got, got my three O levels. So wow. after that and the lift that that had given me, um, I applied and still was turned down a second time, didn't give up. On the third attempt, I was accepted into nurse training. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. In my life. So, yeah. yeah, that's pure testimony for, you know, for somebody who has got a goal in mind and they're not going to let anything get in their way of them achieving that. And I think, you know, it's, yeah, um, you know, that, that's it's all character building as well, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember going for the interview for, for nursing, you know, and I was kind of tested because of my hearing. And I was very aware that the guy talking to me was turning away from me and rustling papers and I had my hearing aid on and it was kind of tuned in. And I thought I must hear every word he says, you know, when you really, really want this. So my hearing aid, trusty hearing aid didn't let me down and I heard everything he said. So he, he was saying, yeah, okay. Um, you've passed this part of the, the um, interview. Now I want you to go down and be fitted for your dresses. You start in a month's time and then go and have some lunch and come back for your medical. That was gonna be the stumbling block, the medical. So I went and had my dresses fitted, you know, and she put the hem in, the pin in for the hem and everything. And I thought, oh, I've got the dress on. Oh my word, this is, this is it, you know, and this was really it. And then um, go and have some lunch. Well, I couldn't eat any lunch. So I dazed around for an hour and came back from my appointment for the interview with the doctor who was going to do the medical. And they looked at my throat and he tested, listened to my chest and took my pulse and did all the things that he needed to do. And then he was going to have a look at my ears. Uh-oh, there'd been so much surgery going on in there. I meant I have to take my hearing aid out. And he looked in my ears. And I've got about a 40% loss in one ear and around about 60% in the other. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So I wear a hearing aid only in my good ear because the amplification is 
not so great, so the distortion is not so great. They did suggest that I could wear two hearing aids, but the amplification in my bad ear was so much that it was distorting the sound. I couldn't hear properly. It was just too distorted. So I manage only with one. Um, anyway, looked in my ears and my good ear first and he said, mm, yes, right. And then he looked in my bad ear that had a lot of surgery and said, oh, this is a patchwork quilt. Oh, right. Okay. Uh... And then he says, but would you be able to hear through a stethoscope? Well, of course, I've never tried that. I didn't know. And in those days, which was going back to the late 80s, um, I didn't know. But the, the, we didn't have the technology that we have today. Mm -hmm. So blood pressure was always taken with the cuff and with the sphygmomanometer as you watch the mercury rise. You had to listen for the, the beat. So he says, well, let's have a try. So he gave me a stethoscope and I couldn't hear a thing. So I thought, this is it, I'm out. So he sat back in his chair and he thought, and he says, there may be a solution. <gasps> I was all ears. <laughs> he says, we do have an electronic stethoscope in the hospital. And we may be able to let you borrow that one during your training. But later on, you know, you'll have to buy your own. Yes, yes, I'm on. Whatever it is, give it to me, you know. Wow. So we did. And that's how I got through my nurse training with the help of um, electronic stethoscope. These days, it wouldn't be a problem because everything's electronic. Everything's just... Yeah. But just press the button, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. Yeah. So I worked hard and loved my nursing, loved my training. And, um, you know, and I worked for 15 years, really loving the job. But as times were changing so much, the hospital that I worked in was being redeveloped and we were all asked to reapply for our jobs. So I did that, but the whole unit was moving to another hospital. So I was working at that point in a unit which was maxillofacial surgery. So it was all head and neck surgery, including oral surgery as well. And I loved it because it was a unit where um, uh, we had theatre and we had outpatients and we could go up to the ward as well. You know, we took patients back and forth to the ward and we, we could we were close to the ward as well. Yeah. So the whole thing from the patients coming in and the consultations to being admitted, to having the surgery, to having their follow up. It was the whole thing. And I absolutely loved that. But then we had to apply for our jobs. So you can go to the ward. You can go to outpatients or you can go to theatre. So I decided I like the contact with, with the patients. I think I'd probably be better on the ward. So I applied for the ward to be told there's no, there's no place there. And you can't go to outpatients either. There's only theatre. So I was guided into theatre. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, wasn't my best because there was no real contact with the patients. They were asleep. We were doing surgery. And I worked in there for three years until I could do it no more because they were cutting and cutting and cutting until I felt that I was put in a dangerous working environment and there was no support. So that was when nursing fell out with me and I had to leave. Oh, how sad. Yeah, uh, uh, it just about broke my heart, but I was at the point of breakdown because it was dangerous working practice and I could yeah and nobody was listening. 
and I knew that if things went wrong, my head were on the block. I was I was working as a scrub nurse and we had a junior doctor that was there to assist the surgeon. The junior doctor would hold the suction retraction and the scrub nurse would handle the instruments. Um, but then they withdrew the junior doctor and the scrub nurse was handed the suction and retraction and the surgeon was helping himself to the instruments on the tray. So I didn't have control of the instrumentation at that point and everything was just a jumbled mess. And it got to the point where at the end of the surgery, the surgeon would be going away from the table. My instruments were taken away and I was saying, no, I haven't done the count. I haven't checked the tray but people were not taking any notice at that point. And there was I stuck with the suction and retraction, helping at this point the anaesthetist. Yeah. So I had no, and I thought if there's anything wrong, if there's anything missing, if there's anything not correct, it's my responsibility, that tray, and I've got no way of checking it and nobody was listening. Oh my God, that's actually, that's actually really serious, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I just about cracked up. I thought I can't work like this. The yeah. clean wasn't being done properly. You know, everything was just going downhill. And, and I thought, this is not right. I know this is so wrong. So I was I was just crying every night. You know, um, they were putting more and more cases in. So we were working later. I wasn't even getting a lunch break because yeah. somebody would undo my gown and say, go and have a quick cuppa. But by the time you go into the coffee room to have a cuppa and all the cups are dirty and you put the kettle on, by the time the kettle's boiled, they say, Valerie, come on back again. So you didn't even have time to boil the kettle and they were shouting you back. I can't yeah. get this anymore. I've got, I'm just so depleted. Yeah. So nursing fell out with me in those circumstances. I had to get out. And um, I'm also a very creative person. So I decided um, at that point I had started um, doing cake decorating and I'd learned how to do all the sugar flowers, you know, the realistic sugar flowers. And I'd started a small class teaching that. Um, just at weekends when I was off, you know, and I, it was something that gave me a lift. And yeah. I couldn't believe the contrast of these housewives that were coming to learn how to make sugar flowers. And all of a sudden I was this goddess. <laughs> in, in a theatre where I was responsible, I was trampled into the ground as I was just yeah. And I thought, this is wrong. This whole balance of... Yeah it's just wrong you know this is the job I love to do and so anyway I made a career out of the cake decorating because that's where I was loved and respected and I loved doing it um, and I, I did so many aspects of that I was doing wedding cakes and corporate cakes and making all the flowers for the cakes and I was teaching and demonstrating I had my own recipe for the paste to make the flowers with which I was selling to the local shop in big amounts you know so baking the cakes and making the paste and doing the lesson plans and doing the teaching and it was just big and added into that my husband and I had designed a set of cake finishing tools which were now selling worldwide wow. so I had business <laughs> that was, you know doing all the administration because my husband did not like computers and administration work at all so I was handling all that as well as doing all making all wedding cakes and making the flowers to go on the wedding cakes and I don't know how I got through all of those days. However, um, my husband was becoming ill and life was becoming really quite hard. So I dropped the teaching side and then I dropped the exhibition side and 
ultimately I dropped the cakes. I wasn't doing cakes. I was only doing the products that we were having manufactured and were selling around the world. But since my husband was becoming quite ill, these were now big consignments that we were set, that we were like exporting worldwide. So I was having to learn all this as I went, all the export, you know, yeah. and everything. And these big parcels. So he wasn't able now to do the physical work. So I was left with the physical work as well. My goodness. And also with him being more and more ill and he later died and that you know that business I just couldn't handle it anymore so it was just by then the actual tools that we're having manufactured and I passed that on to my niece she's got an autistic son it meant that the business survived and thrived because she was able to work at home and be there for her son so that is still going that side of the business the actual tools called edges um but now I was left like with this emptiness so I had a year of grieving and emptiness and a friend introduced me at that point to bioresonance wow this is okay this is resonance this is wow that blew my mind so I went all into that until I discovered that the testing side of that it left too much to my interpretation and I wasn't confident with my interpretation although I was never going to do any harm with pure resonance I mean I knew enough but I just wasn't confident mm -hmm. and I just feel that the universe does actually provide what you need because yeah. that was when this Ness advert came into my view what is this about they can do scanning, which will show you where the body's needing help. And it's all about resonance and it's all about energy and it's all about what? Then it means it's not just all about <laughs> the scan they can do. There was just, you know, just no question. Yeah. I had to do that. And that was way back in, I think, 2017, when I went down to Poole in Dorset and met lovely Helen Frank. <laughs> who has been my support ever since <laughs> and the rest as they say is history yeah. so wow yeah okay so just just take me back to the bioresonance testing i mean was this obviously this was sort of this was something sort of quite manual was it that you had to physically yeah it, 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 how, how did it work yeah it was kinesiology okay or it was a tensor um kinesiology is muscle testing yeah you know, um, I think we're probably all familiar with muscle testing. A strong yeah. muscle is, a, is usually a positive response and a weak test is usually a negative response. Um, but I couldn't feel it strongly enough. I think I was doubting myself. I don't think I was allowing myself. I think I was overthinking it. And the other way it was a tensor, which is a long rod um, that will um, wave one way for a positive and the other way for a negative but again yeah. it's on a, a fine wire and I didn't know whether I was actually influencing it because I'm thinking yeah I want this to be positive I want it to be negative yeah so I just wasn't convinced and it was really like blocking me because I'm thinking am I getting right results it was all going to yeah. Do you think as well, Valerie, because of your, you know, your background in, you know, in, in actual physical nursing and, and in having to, you know, having uh, equipment, 
you know, that you had to use as part of that, you know, that whole process. And then all of a sudden sort of going to more of a, you know, um, I said, you know, the, having to use your own intuition almost in effect, isn't it? And, and whether you're actually, I, I understand what you mean, but that influencing that, um, you know, so the Nest system, if anyone's not aware of, the, of what the Nest Health system does, it, 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 it's uh, it, it actually now we can actually uh, even scan people from the voice. So they don't even need to, you know, to actually be with us in person, which is incredible. And, you know, very quickly, the, um, the actual scan will analyze what's going on in the, in the body's energetic system. So looking at, you know, the, you know it's, it's actually, it's all about bringing harmony and balance back into the, into the body in effect. Uh, and we can see where there are, you know, distortions which, which potentially could manifest as a, as a physical. So it's, you know, and, and I'm like you, I was, you know, when I was first introduced to Nest Health like 15 years ago, I was absolutely blown away by you know the fact that it pulled up um, with you know areas and within my body which I know I have you know an issue I'd say an issue with a challenge with uh, and the and it was like how does it know that um, and we, yeah it's and I just love the Chinese medicine aspect of Ness. Yeah. Um, you know, Peter Fraser, who just who just, you know, who was actually, you know, the one of the founders of Nest Health was was one of the first people to teach acupuncture in Australia. And you know, so his his background of, of traditional Chinese medicine and bringing bringing that into the world of you know bioresonance and quantum is just been absolutely groundbreaking. Um, yeah, it, it is such an amazing and accurate system. It's been proved time and time and time again you know, with um, testimonials that the clients have yeah. said, you know, first of all, they're blown away. How do you know that? But then when we start kind of working with the energy and um, the remedies are the infraceuticals, which are the frequency infused drops that work with the energetic system and the yeah. cells. So we're working at a cellular level. And when people are seeing real change in their conditions mm. it's just so amazing so now i work very little with the actual bioresonance machine which was really expensive um but you know my mum for instance she kind of was frightened of the infraceuticals because when i first started her with that she was 83 i think she was and she had angina and i think that the doses were perhaps a bit strong and i wasn't very knowledgeable about it and she was getting angina attacks so that kind of lost her confidence in the infraceuticals but the good thing is now I scan her every week and I work with her on the bioresonance machine because she's got so many health issues yeah. but you, you would hardly know she's 86 now and she's so so vibrant and when I look at all her big list of conditions that she's actually got she's had a stroke she's got chronic lymphatic leukemia she's got diabetes she's got eye problems she's got so much going on yeah and she, you know she would never know because i'm keeping her going with energetic frequency treatments which is the same but with ness they actually put that treatment they imprint it into the mineral water and we take it as drops so we can work with it at, from pads and things, giving the frequencies from the machine, or we can imprint that into yeah. the mineral waters and drops and just take it. So much easier to take it. And now we, as practitioners worldwide, we can work with anybody anywhere in the world 
because with the, the new voice scanning, which is absolutely amazing, to scan your energetic body and know what comes up on this screen, how accurate that is by just talking into your into your device um, microphone. Yeah. yeah, it's mind blowing. But the voice is actually part of your energetic system, so why wouldn't it carry the resonance? You know, I mean, we we don't even think we talk to Alexa. <laughs> well, even uh, no, um, even with um, you know things like the you know the, all the, the you know the, the little devices that people have around the home these days that they talk to and and you know close the curtains, Alexa, close the curtains. Yeah, you know, but it, it, in reality, and even you know now, um, you know, a lot of the, the the banking institutes are actually using voice pattern recognition as well in order to you know for you to be able to access your your account information so you know it's it's, it's actually well recognized and you never you know um if you've ever known well ever phone someone and they pick the phone up and you know straight away there's something's not right yes you can and you go something is something is everything all right and they go yeah, as you know, I can hear there isn't something right. What what's happened? And you, and you know instinctively because it's the tone, the tonality of the voice, um, it's the expression, and and you just instantly know that something isn't isn't quite right. And I always you know, kind of attune it to, um, you know, walking into um, an area. I mean, this is this is the great one. The other week, my husband. It was so it was actually hilarious. He'd gone uh, he'd gone down to the health centre. And he um, he'd been listening to some. He loves some rock and roll music, swing music, and all that sort of thing. And we both do actually. And he'd gone into. He'd been listening to it in the car. Anyway, his, his, his appointment time came up, and off he went in. And for some reason, the the the, the PA system in the health centre picked up on his um, his Spotify. So all of a sudden, he's like, he's like stood you know stood waiting in this queue. And you can see people like going, oh, and like tapping their feet and kind of like moving around. And it's like, oh, this is good music. And then the next track came on. It's like, this is my music. <laughs> and it was so actually his, his music was being sort of played around, you know, the, the you know, the health center. Um, and you know those places, and they're not the nicest places to be, especially not at the moment. Um, so much negative energy in there. Anyway, he suddenly realized what what, what happened. So he like got his phone out and he turned it off, and people were like, oh. In the receptionist, oh, what's happened to the music? We were enjoying that. And isn't it funny how that those sounds can actually raise someone's energy? Oh yeah, yeah. You know? um, and we 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 laugh about that. I said perhaps you ought to sort of you know give them your Spotify channel or, or you know, to play when people go in to just to sort of give them a bit of an uplift because it's just you know it just raised that that vibration, raised that frequency. And then automatically people started to feel better. So it's a bit like how the pharmaceuticals work, really, isn't it? it it's actually changing, changing those, you know, or, or giving the, the body the correct frequency of the information it needs in order that it can start that, that healing process. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, your, you know, your story is so fascinating, which is why I wanted to, you know, you should share that with other people because, you know, from, you know, uh, going from, you know, sort of having, um, you know a lot of trauma within you know in, in your early years as a child and finding that sanctuary you know in the nursing environment and and the nurses being so lovely and most people I mean I can remember being in the hospital as a child and I hated it you know um I couldn't wait to get home so you know I was like oh, really why would anyone you know and I even now going to hospital I really don't enjoy the experience at all 
So the fact that you actually found that that's the sanctuary is like, wow, you know, and then you're able to push through those, all those barriers that were put in place to, to become what, you know, what you always wanted to do since, what well, I think you said since the age of seven. So then that's sort of, you know, that sadly because of systems in place, you know, and the nursing industry as you, as you knew it, it, it changed dramatically. And then finding your creative level, and even you know, with the creative, the you know, the creative, the creativity with all of the you know, the beautiful flowers and things that you, that you um, were able to help people with. Again, you know, that's kind of like helping people, isn't it? And making them, yeah, you know, change and, their vibration just by showing them and, and giving them the experience of producing something that was, you know, yeah, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And now, you know, sort of, you know, you've come like, a, it's almost like you've come a full circle and back into the, you know, the health and wellness um, yeah. industry. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of studied all other modalities. Um, I'd like to get deeper into Chinese medicine because I've only dabbled with that. I haven't taken any yeah. courses or anything, but I've done acupressure and I've done essential oils, you know, I'm essential oils coach. Um, and I'm still, because I had so much income from the cake business, which I didn't realize and see was growing and growing. I'm now able to, well, I have put all that money into my own health and wellness center. Yeah. That's built on my own premises, you know, and in my own, um, behind my house. Um, obviously it's been closed down for a year, most best part of a year. Yeah. But um, we're just opened up again and I'm now just starting to offer the aromatherapy essential oils massage and do some acupressure and also do scanning and yeah. the pharmaceuticals. So that's just starting up again. Hopefully we'll stay out of lockdown this time. Oh, and I know. Yeah, well, let's, yeah let's, let's hope that does happen because it's like it's not, none of us want to go back into that situation again, do we? Well, it, it knocks your vibration, doesn't it? <laughs> it certainly does. That certainly does. You know, but I think it's, you know, it's, I know we, we've been in contact, you know, throughout the whole, you know, the last 12 months and, and you know, and you've been a massive support for me. Um, and I hope I have, you know, for you as well. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have. Um, but, you know, I think it's, I just want to, you know, the, 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 the opportunity that we've had to be able to help people throughout the last 12 months, especially with, you know, the, the, uh, the stress that comes with, you know, not knowing what's going to happen and having to, you know, find new ways of of living, really, isn't it, for a lot of people? You know, and I feel, you know, that all the, everyone's kind of had their own level of stress that's that's come with, you know, lockdown. You know, there's like, you know, whether it be as a, you know, perhaps a working mum trying to homeschool children and, you know, kind of fit work in between that and all that you know or those people who have just had so much time on their hands they haven't known what to do um and have completely decorated their homes from top to bottom and now back you know doing it all over again um all those people have actually you know who have been on the front line of having to sort of go into work and, and sort of keep everything everything running you know so everyone's kind of got a different a different experience yeah from you know from the whole lockdown and you know it's it's been great that we've been able to, you know, still be able to support people through that, you know, depending on, you know, whereabouts they are and what they actually needed at that point. So, um, yeah. So Valerie, thank you so much um, for coming on the call with me. I really appreciate your time. Um, you are an, an amazing lady. I think you've just had such an incredible journey. 
you know, and which is still continuing. And you know, and, you, and you've just come back round to the, that passion, you know, reigniting that passion to, to to be able to wanting to help people with um, with their health and their wellness as well. I don't think that's going to change very anytime soon. <laughs> no, I don't think it will either. No. <laughs> But I, I really do really appreciate being part of the Nest family because yeah. to me that is just amazing. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you being we, we appreciate you being part of, of the family again. Um, you know, it's been lovely, you know, just talking with you today, Helen, and you know, passing on our passion and yeah. letting people know that we're available, that we're here to help. Yeah, yeah. So thank absolutely. you for the opportunity. Okay, well, thank you, Valerie, and we will speak again soon. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Helen.